Greetings, Steve Scaisbrook, and um, I'm back. I'm awfully sorry. Um, I had a couple of weeks of feeling really bad after the COVID um, injection that I had. Um, I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea, and I think the government's done really well to get this many done so quickly. So good on them. But um, I didn't feel well after it. And neither did many people that I've talked to. Um, a lot of people said, oh, yeah, I didn't feel that good. But, you know, two or three days and um, I was back up running again. And then um, I had to catch up with other projects that I'm working for, well, working on for the university and my own private stuff. So um, just had to get the head down and get it all done and back into line so that I could concentrate back onto this, um, which is um, – all me, nothing to do with the university that much, um, although I do get a lot of feeds coming in from other members of staff who know webinars are going on, so good on them. So um, here we go. Um, the uh, CPD um, site is now um, up and running and live, and as you can see from the screen on my, ooh, on my right on this thing, my left, whatever, um, I've updated a lot. There's a couple going on um, today. Um, in about well, a couple of hours' time, um, the value of sustainable green infrastructure for architectural design uh, could be a good one. Um, the Equity Act and the way forward. Now, I'm not sure on this, but, hey, it's tomorrow, and um, I, I think I might just attend this one just to see. It's an RBA CPD core curriculum um, item, so it'll do well on your on your list. Um, now, here's one on the 9th of March that I'm, I'm really interested in. Specified natural stone for walls and flooring tiling from Ardex. Now, Ardex, we all know, has been the mortar that you use to glue the damn things down. Um, so, you know, it's a good one. And, and again, it's RIBA CPD. Um, uh, specifying hard metals. Now, I've never had a big problem with this, but hey, you know, why not attend it? And it's um, RBA, and I think it is by yeah, SIG. Um, Shuffle Installation Group and their design um, and technology section um, could be interesting. Um, the 10th of March, we've got the Coping During Uncertainty. Um, now, this is the Northwest CIAT Aspiration Group. Please attend this one and give them your support. Aspiration is very key in CIAT, where we are pushing hard to keep the members in at their student and um, um, other levels where they come up to be and start to learn their trade. This is really um, important to us. So please attend and, and, and support them. Oh, 11th of March, main principles of physical security from Barker Fencing. Well, whatever you know, you know, um, it's important. Um, 17th of March, um, Glen Dimplex, um, heat pumps and building regulations. I'm going to attend this one. It'll be good. Uh, accelerate sustainability um, on the 25th of March. Um, blah, 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 blah. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go along on this one and see what they say about it. Sustainability is very important, as we all know, getting the right materials for the right job. And so, um, you know, have a look at it and see what they say. Um, on the 26th of March, the MBS platform. Now, this is done, I think, by CIAT Northern Ireland. And always they do a good show. And this one is not going to be anything less than damn good. 
So um, have a look at it and see what you think. Um, I'm I'm really would like some feedback on some of these. So this one, I'm sure I'm going to get some great feedback on. Um, time transformation of AEC. Now, this is CIT Wessex. They've been constantly churning out good links and good webinars. Um, I suggest you go and uh, register for this one um, on Eventbrite um, and see what else we can um, we can get from them. But I think I'm going to go to this and see what they say. Again, CIAT Wessex Mac Group, optimizing building physic design. Um, it could be right quite good. Um, physics is always interesting to me. So let's go and I'm going to have a look at it. I shall attend this one. So that's it. Those are the new ones up and ready for the March and into, oh, no, right up to the end of March. So um, if you've got anything that you want me to put onto the list, onto the site, give me a shout on the email or give me a ring. You know where I am and uh, and let me know about it um, and I'll put them up. Um, for general webinar stuff, that's about it. Um, I did promise that I would update the um, the podcast show notes, and I've done that by putting in this here, and and this is the 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 editing view that you see here. So what I've done is I've put up a lot of stuff there um, that will help you um, do your own research, which is always always important, and make some notes and put them where you normally put your notes. Um, I'm poised at the moment. I use um, Google Keep an awful lot, and I put a lot of stuff there. I also make a lot of verbatious notes and stuff in my um, Google Docs, and I put them into either a folder within my lecture notes section, um, usually because that's where I'm doing the research. Or if I've got a book I'm writing or anything else, then I put it into that folder. So I've got my notes there. You can search on it. It's fine. But I'm now beginning to look at, I mean, I work on a Mac at home and Mac have got this great thing called Notes. Now, Notes is, is, is very good. You can't, you can't knock it at all. You can search on it. You can search on anything and you can get subfolders set up. And the ease of putting stuff into it is so good. Now, Google Keep has a problem. It, if you want to put a website on, it puts a link in, no more. If I want to put a PDF in, it won't do it. Google, sorry, Apple Notes does. So I'm I'm poised at the moment. I've always lived on this balance between Google and, and Apple simply because I like the machines. But I've got two, no, I've got now three Chromebooks. Uh, and they're, they're littered around the house. So I don't have to keep them undressed, putting, you know, taking the power cables off and moving it around to wherever I am. I've got three Chromebooks, which are excellent machines. And they're littered around the house. So I do from one, I go to another one, I just power it up, run it, and then shut it down and come back to where I was. And my Mac six, six stays blah, stays within my study. So, you know, it's it's a great way of working. And, you know, I'm going to stick with it. I, 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 my machine here is what, six years old now. So it's coming up to its retirement. But it's working fine. You know, it just works. Um, so um, the, the, the MacBook Air, the th- the smaller one is that 13 inch i don't know i think that's one the one i might go for but we'll see you know time tells and this one is working reasonably well touch wood so um that's the um the show notes done um 
one of the subjects that I'm I'm going to stick with and, and with the with the idea of this idea of suds and and it, and it really is very important because hey you know this picture could have been anywhere at the beginning of February March flooding everywhere and it's we are to blame that there is no way around you can blame all of this on climate you know some of it is to do with climate I'll give you that. But a lot of it is down to the way that we've developed areas without the understanding of what we're doing. Um, one of the lectures that I give to my to my students is is the idea that water distribution is incredibly important, and it can't be looked at just from the UK. It has to be a global look. Now there are certain books out there, and I've listed the one that I've been using. It took me an age to find this book, and I found it eventually on the internet. And I bought it, a bit expensive, and it came in from the States, so it took a while to get here. But it is the report or the research that was done on the global water use, and it is scary. Um, let me just see if I can do this, and I'll be into present mode. And you can see here, you know, the amount of water available in everything is 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 insanely small. For all the water that's on this planet, we can only drink 0.76% of it. That, that's just crazy. And yet we just do so much crap to the water supply. Yeah, why? I just don't understand this at all. So go and have a look at the, the chart that I put up and go and see if you can find Ignor Shikuramanov's uh, World Fresh Water Resources. It is insanely good reading if you're a techie like me you know it is a week's worth of research looking at it and understanding it it's fabulous and you just just got to go and look at it i mean it, it's you know it's scary the amount of water that is in the planet yet we can't touch it the other one that i want you to look at is the amount of water in the atmosphere 0.006 percent now, when we talk about climate change, we all talk about carbon and all this stuff that's going on. But there is another one out there that it is equally as important to look at, and that is the vapor within the atmosphere and how that affects everything. It's not the whole story. And one of the things I teach my students is to stand back and look at the global picture. You know, this idea of a butterfly flapping its wings and a tornado being set up on the far side of the planet isn't that stupid. You know, you've got to look at the whole the whole gambit as far as weather is concerned. And it's everything, not just your little countryside. You've got to look at everything. And the other area that I'm going to go out of this now and just um, go back onto the, the normal thing. I hope this worked. Um, you've got to look at the whole planet and see where we've got water scarcity. I mean, it's crazily misunderstood the way that water is is you know um, a natural right it might be but it isn't good for some people look at the areas down where we've got the sahara and areas like that you know it, it's crazy the amount of of scarcity of the water I and mean, the whole of south africa is in dire problems so are areas north of bangladesh and, and, and india come down into australia i mean look at everybody in australia mostly lives down the bottom right hand side sydney and they've got water problems as we know look at the way that south africa is on one side of the Andes, pretty good 
but on the other side is in dire need. Or sorry, the USA. Okay, so the Northwest and the Midlands is is okay, but when you come down into the South, into the Mexico, Louisiana area, and things like that, they've got problems, and it's dire. And when you come down into the middle of Mexico and stuff like that, again, they've got problems. We don't hear much about that one. But we've got to look at this on a global scale. I'm giving a lecture for proctors um, in June. And, and one of the things is I'm going to start looking at the way that we understand the basics of weather. And it, it's all down to the seasons. And I'm going to go into this in very big detail um, simply because we misunderstand stand the way that the weather works and the start of it all has got to be the way the seasons are generated they are unchanging they are always there they may not look the same to you and i when it comes round to to it but you've really got to understand the way that it's the earth orbits the planet and the way that that orbit is set up around the sun interesting stuff when you look at the aphelion and the perhelion as you can see there i've got massive notes on this and it is really interesting to look into so let's move on and if you get a chance attend the proctors do because i go into it in a great way again the tilt of the planet is not is is everything it's not to be put to one side so we've got a tilt it is the way that the earth orbits in a specific way that it does and the tilt that provides the seasons so come along and listen to the lecture and you'll get more on that. Oh, what else have we got? Suds. Okay, so let's go back onto this idea of suds. And so we're looking at the weather and the weather is hugely important in the way that suds is, is, um, is, is looked at. And so we've got to start looking at the way that we shed water. Do we shed it or do we keep it? And if we do shed it, do it in a responsible way. And that is try and keep as much on the plot of land that you are designing for and then only and only then do you shed it into the watercoursing systems, i.e. the rivers or the uh, or the aquifers under the ground. Keep it as much as you can. And so suds when we teach it to our students is all about looking at ways to keep it on the site. Aquifers underneath the ground in the storage systems, slowing it down as you migrate it out, or using it for swales and little rivers or ponds and stuff. You know, it all adds up. But the big stuff is really trying to um, keep that water in and reusing it and make sure you can slow the water down by collecting it on the roof and then using that roof water in a grey roof scenario, pushing it back and flushing loose and stuff like that. Um, or, or just storing it ready for putting into the garden when the dry weather comes or just keeping it on site and just letting it slowly trickle off. Um, I, I'm going to go back onto this idea of, of fresh water and, and the stress it comes onto the planet. I really should move this slide up, I suppose, to go underneath the way that we look at the planet. But, you know, look at the difference in fresh water stress between 1995 and 2025. It's only a few years away, guys. Yet look at the problems across the equator. You know, it is in a major difficulty. So it, when you're looking at water, there is a damn good reason why suds should be high upon your on your um, on your agenda for detailing. I mean, you know, there are stacks of reports out there to go and read and I give the links to them. Um, UNESCO report, massive 
massive the way that that we can um, go and read what they've been doing. Um, one of the big things that that is now becoming more and more apparent is that we can do better with our farming. Okay, so we're not going to enter into the argument about um, the way that um, meat should be used. Um, I'm a big meat eater, and you know I'm not going to enter into that argument at all. But crops, yes. Can we do something about that? Wheat and the big grain where we need massive areas of land to produce good grain, then I don't think there's much we can do about it. But for smaller crops, then vertical farming has got to be your salads and stuff like that. If we can start to put them into indoor systems in a vertical farm, reuse the water properly, putting the nutrients in that are correct for the use of that plant growth, then great. Let's let's look at it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm massive into this, and, and I can see it being bigger and bigger. So rainwater harvesting, the grey water scenario, collecting what you've, you know, you're not using on the roof and pushing it back into your toilet system. I mean, there are things you can, my grant at a, at a, an old farmhouse down, down south into, into Gloucestershire. And, and I remember going with my grant to her sister's. And they had butts around the house, you know, big water butts. And that's all they had. They hadn't got running water. And and they drank the water. They boiled it, obviously. But they bathed in this water. It was great. And it was soft as anything. You know, it's rainwater. It's soft. Not like Birmingham's water, which is predominantly hard and, and, and full of, of limestone. Oh, terrible stuff. So... Try and look into this idea of putting in um, um, a collection system. I mean, one of the things I, this is what I sketched out for for a for um, a student of mine. And I'll, again, I'll go into present mode and just pull it up so you can see it. And so, you know, the property collecting the water, putting it into a series of um, of collection things underground, ready to push back into the house. But if it overflows, then you put it into a swale system to come around. And once the swales used all that up and you put it into a pond and kept it, then you put it underground and keep it there. And then slowly but slowly, let it out, put it into the stream systems or drill down into the watercourse below there and put it down into that. Bit contentious because we really do need to protect the underground water sources. So it needs to be filtered and made sure there is no contamination to it. But that goes without saying. Let's go back and have a look at the rest of it. So we've done as much as we can on this one. Um, soft or hard water, I've already talked about this. It is a great way of um, of understanding how to detail. And, and so many technicians I know know no difference between water. It's palatable, fine. But there are so many houses in areas with hard water and soft water that you need to understand this. The hard water areas, their pipes start to fur up. We should be taking the hard lime out of the water before we use it to make it soft. Um, I I know it's contentious. There are a lot of houses out there being built by the house builders, and they just do know nothing about it, and I think they should. So um, I mention it most of the time. Just take care of using your, your water. Um, most WCs have the big and little button on it um and you know just use it you know if you're doing having a way just use the small button and if you're doing something else the big button it makes sense my guys you know do it 
water sources i'm 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 in different areas on this one um yes there is a need to store large amounts of water and i think carefully done it is a good way of doing it i mean birmingham was built on 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 its own reservoirs um uh by damming up um large areas um that we we bought up in in wales and then we shipped that water by streams and aqueducts to birmingham and it worked very well and still does I mean, most of Birmingham's water comes in from the Elam Valley. And so we, we have good water supplies. But we need more now. The city is growing the way it is. And so we have to use um, wells and, and pumps from wells to, to supplement it. And, you know, it works. But, hey, you know, they have to work hard at it. So understand it. Boreholes, again, I've already touched on this earlier. You have to be very careful. We do not want to contaminate the aquifers under the ground. Be very careful what you put in, either what you take out and what you put in. I'm not going to go into it here. It's not the race, but do some research on it, please, if you need to. Site retention of water, I've already touched on. It is really good way of understanding how we can slow down the migration of water. I mean, supermarkets, you know, mostly they've got huge, great car parks, and a lot of them have got this system underneath them, where all the water coming off the car parks and the roofs of the supermarket are now stored underground and then slowly let out into the aquifer system. You know, it's a good way of working. I've done this many times over the years, um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think it's a great way of doing it. River coursing. Hey, you know, I could spend a whole lecture just doing nothing else but this. We just really do need to stop doing what we're doing. Containing the rivers, it's a nightmare. Look at what's happening. It's not just one area. One planning authority on one end of a river is creating problems for all the planning authorities further down there because the amount of water they're shedding straight away. You know, the earth can't absorb it. They've got no green fields to allow the, the river to expand and contract. You know, this was done in the old days, and we just don't do it anymore. We just build on it and expect it to be all right. But it's not all right. We should be allowing the rivers to expand and so we don't get flooding in the urban areas. But now we're building on them. We're, build, we're building on floodland, which in itself is insane, but they're causing all sorts of problems because they're increasing the number of waters. And when the rivers do expand and they can't stop it, then they cause all sorts of problems and people moan. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. So let's move on before we get into trouble. Uh, water discharge to ground. We've already gone into that with the with the slide up above about um, boreholes. Um, uh, building regs on discharge of rainwater to public sewers. You know, it is there, guys. Go and talk to the building regulations or talk go and read the building regulations you know it is set out quite clearly how to do it and so you know i'm not going to go into it here you really do need to go and look at part b is it part b can't remember um no h and have a look at that um gray water scenario inside or outside um you know, there is a lot of companies out there producing these tank systems now. For a bigger house, indoors is good. If you've got a cellar, then you can put all your water into that and maintenance and changing of filters is dead easy. Otherwise, put it into the garden. You know, okay, so you've got a problem getting down into the filters, but you're doing the job right. So takes your choice, indoors or outdoors. Um, what else have we got? 
oh, uh, rainwater harvesting are the facts. I mean, for my students, I put a, a, a little video up and it's quite good. Um, I'm going to put the links up on the show notes for that so you can have a look at it. Um, Grey water sources, uh, roofs, stored clean filter, pump back into the building, shower water, wash hand basins. You know, it's all good ways of reusing the water. And, you know, you can do this a couple of times just by filtering it out properly. Again, pretty standards um, for, for that, the way that we're looking. Inverted rooms. I mean, you're a big shout for Bowder. Um, I used to work for the Dow Chemical Company on Styrofoam, and we invented the inverted roof under, under Dow Styrofoam. But since the demise of Dow Styrofoam, the construction products and being bought out by another company, Bowder have stepped up to the mark. They were always a good company. They're now an excellent company. I've got no shouts for them other than they come and lecture to my students. And I've always liked their lectures. It is good, sound technology. And if you need any help, then get down to Bowder. I mean, that's what I do. Um, swells and ponds. I mean, it's nice to have the atmosphere changed just by putting in a little bit of tree planting, a little bit of little tiny rivers or swales, ponds, and all the planting that goes with it. It makes the atmosphere so much different to the hard landscapes that we're doing. Soakaways, you know, the old-fashioned way of putting in gravel or, or bricks into a pit and just feeding into them. Just don't do it anymore, guys. You know, there are some excellent products on the marketplace that allow you to filter the water, return it back in as grey water, or filter it into the garden. And, you know, I've done several jobs by by looking at it this way. Um, plants and tree types. I mean, I'm no great gardener, but I know what I'm doing as far as my own garden is concerned. But if you do need help, there are there are companies out there. I mean, you know, go down to one of the big planting um, um, places, the, the garden centres. There's always somebody there who would help you out looking for the right plants and giving you the advice you need. Otherwise, just go to one of the companies and um, and make sure you know which one. Green Wheels is another excellent way, and I did this. Um, I'm going to do this later on. I've just done a lecture to my students on Green Walls. And so, you know, look at the way that we can use grey water and feed it into the into green walls. I mean, it is a great way of of um, of doing that, and they're so nice. Again, references, many of those. Um, I'll put the links up into the show notes for you, so you've got them. Um, but that's it. Um, take care in the in the changing weather. Um, the daylight is now becoming a little bit easier with the, the amount. I mean, it's five o'clock here before it gets too dark. So, you know, that's great for me. Um, I'm just looking at the window and I'm um, at my study and it's, um, I think it's raining. So that's it. Be good, be safe. And um, I'll, um, I'll talk to you next week. Uh, I should be back. Okay. No problems now. I'm catching up. Well, um, my private projects are, are doing exceedingly well. Um, I'm going to go into that next week, I think, and just show you what I'm doing because it's quite interesting. So <clears throat> that's it. Um, be good. Um, be safe. And um, I will see you the next time. Cheers. <laughs>